Inescapably foreign. Welcome to Without Borders, the podcast for immigrants, third culture children, or anyone else that feels inescapably foreign. Just a quick note, there were a few sound issues on this episode, and I also say occult, acculturalization instead of acculturation. Just quickly wanted to point that out because I try to make it accessible for English learners. And remember, you can go to withoutborders.fyi to access the transcript. All right, let's get started. Today, I'm here with Walden Hudson. If you want to check out uh, his profile on Instagram, it's just walden.hudson. I'll put a link in the description. Uh, Walden has been an actor. That's kind of how we know each other. We'll get into that a little bit later. He's worked on a cruise ship. Uh, he's worked as a personal trainer. If you are watching a video right now, you can already notice that. And he works in the personal development space. And he's just got his hand in a bunch of entrepreneurial things right now. So Walden, how's it going, man? We haven't talked. Um, well, we've, we've talked over the past eight years, but this is the first time I've heard your voice in the past eight years. We've only communicated via chat. Dude, yeah, seriously, so good to see you again, man. It's, yeah, like like you said, eight freaking years, and you look like you haven't freaking aged a day either, which is just wild, but... Uh, that's bullshit, but thanks, man. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's the camera quality, but I mean, I don't know, it's working for you, dude, so, you know, rock it. You are looking twice the size. <laughs> muscle-wise, muscle-wise. <laughs> uh, God, I freaking hope so, man. I was, geez, I was a skinny twig back when you bet me. That would have, because that would have been, what, 2013? I think so. I forget when I came to New York. Please, 2013, so that'd be nine years ago, actually. Yeah, man, I was freaking, I was freaking scrawny back then. That was before I figured out how to, yeah, that was back before I basically figured out that you couldn't, uh, you know, drink most of your calories with alcohol and the whole gun fight. Yeah. Uh, th- th- that's what I was big. Those were the lean wrist days when I had the... Oh, man. Oh, dude, I truly forgot about that. And I remember filming that piece in Central Park. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I should give a little bit of context here. Um, I'll just give a brief introduction about... Oh, wait, man, I have to share about that. And then, yeah, we should we should get into that a little bit before. Uh, of course, everyone's here to hear about a culturalization. Uh, Walden did move to New Zealand, so we are going to talk about that a little bit later. But first, uh, let's let's start from the beginning. I had this series, Lean Meat. Uh, I'll see if I can find a video, and I'll put a link in the description as well. I it was a web series where I played an over exaggerated. Um, Guido character and every introduction would pretty much be like this like what's up get it ins and let it ins lean meat yeah and then I would give some ridiculous life lesson about how to pick up girls about how to take the elevator how to make protein smoothies and this manager from from New York <laughs> found me and she said come to New York I have some connections let's get you an agent let's get you a manager and I was super excited because I was pursuing acting and writing at the time. And I, I ended up in New York a little a week after. Um, well, actually, we drove to Jersey, right? That's, that's where we were, right? <laughs> yep, the good old Jersey days. <laughs> and this manager, he was kind to me. But in his show up in the house, and it, he must have been 60... 
60 at the time, late 60s. <laughs> and I think he was actually in the 50s. He just lived a hard life. <laughs> okay. Um, and I show up to the house and it's just a house full of young, young boys. <laughs> young, young, young men. <laughs> young men. It sounds so mad when you say it like this. <laughs> but it also was kind of bad for me because I just wasn't, like, I didn't know what I was getting into. And it was obviously just a little bit strange seeing this older guy and then a bunch of young dudes. <laughs> Talk about a culture shock. There you go. <laughs> Before I get into what happened to me, like, how did you end up in that house? <laughs> oh, man. So... So what was I? I must have been either 20 or 21 at the time. And uh, I was living in Georgia, where I'm from. And this girl that I was dating at the time um, said that I should give modeling a shot. And, like, I'd never thought about that before. But I was just like, eh, okay, cool. I had a little bit of a twilighty look. And that was kind of in at the time. And I was just like, all right, yeah, sure, why not? So I just, like, played around with some photos and, like, sent some stuff off. And I actually got back some interest from, like, people in New York, Chicago, um, L.A. But... Um, but yeah, everyone just kind of gave me a really weird vibe and I was just like, man, yeah, I don't really feel comfortable actually going that far to meet any of these people. But then what, uh, this, this manager was the one person that connected with me and actually didn't give me a creepy vibe. And he was up front too. He was like, look, I'm an acting manager. I think you actually have a really good look for acting, but I do have some ends with some of the modeling agencies in New York. If you, you know, if you wanted to come up and check out the space. And at the time I was just, I was doing construction. I absolutely hated it. Um, you know, just drinking way too much of my time off. And I was like, you know what? I'm, why not? You know, I'm, I'm going to kick myself in the ass forever if I don't like at least see what this is about. So, um, basically going against the advice of, uh, everyone that I knew in Georgia with like a thousand bucks to my name, I just made the move up to New York and, um, yeah, met, met Wayne at Grand Central or not Grand Central. Um, at, um, uh, what's the other train? So Penn Station, uh, when I got off the train there and, yeah, like, we just, you know, we kind of hit hit it off pretty well, actually. And, like, you know, he was actually a really nice dude. Like, he treated me, like, extremely well. And, you know, I got back to the house, and I was like, okay, this living situation's a little bit strange. But, like, yeah, whatever. Everyone seems really cool and, like, happy. And uh, I think it was somebody's birthday, too, the night that I was there. So everyone was, like, you know, drinking and having a good time. So I was like, oh, sweet, I can get down with this. And, uh, yeah, then, like, that, you know, what meant, what was meant to be, like, a couple of, like, a month, like, or a few weeks, like, that trip turned into, like, five years, you know? Like, and it just, yeah, it just became this huge adventure that just, you know, it was just this huge, like, learning and growth experience for me, man. It was awesome. And then, you know, a lot of people came through, like, you know, like, you, you were one of the folks that came through and, you know, got to meet a whole bunch of, like, other cool people that way, you know? Yeah. Well, the, so for me, I didn't get the creepy vibe either at the beginning because... Well, as you said, everyone there was super friendly. You guys all seemed really happy. Uh, Wayne was legit about the things he promised me. Like we went to Paradigm to talk to agents. And uh, as a Canadian, if I would want to work in the United States, I would need a visa. And we were at the time we were thinking about the um, uh, the visa for aliens with special talents or something like that. I forget what the actual name is. Um, alien just being meaning foreigner in this case. <laughs> and of course, it's a little bit hard to get an acting gig, but it's easier to get a modeling gig uh, when you're not in the country, right? You don't have to go to the audition. You just have the pictures. And he said he had some pull, uh, but he would need some nudes from me. 
And I was like, all right, like, <laughs> that's what I need to do, I guess. I'm at it. <laughs> and then we, we just took me in the garage of, of the place you were living. And I, he was like, all right, you got to get naked. And I was like, at this point, I, I kind of trusted the guy because we already filmed an episode of Lean Meat in New York. We already went to Paradigm. Irony um, <laughs> stripped down half naked in in uh, Times Square with the naked cowboy. And <laughs> that was great. We already got that on camera. So in the garage, I didn't think much of it. Stripped down. He just took the pictures. Wasn't that creepy. But then when I went back to Canada, he kind of just stopped contacting me. Um, like everything just kind of fell through. And I don't know if it was just because things were difficult and he realized how hard it is to actually get um, someone outside of the U.S. to work. Uh, but then with me... Sucks. I just felt like, holy shit, I just got like came to New York for a couple of days, got naked, took some pictures, and then never heard again from this guy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, yeah, I, I see what you mean. That's <laughs> Man. Well, yeah, I, this story was actually in my book. Uh, if anyone wants to check it out, Living with the In-Laws, just type in Living with the In-Laws, Nolan Yuma. You'll find it. And... uh I don't mention Husson's or Walton's name, but um, definitely a, he's part of the story. And if there's an American guy that was just drunk most of the time, I was like, that was probably me. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's the visa situation. I mean, I imagine we'll talk a lot more about that. Like that's that is, I mean, yeah, that that's that's freaking always an issue. Like I, I I know that I remember actually a couple of other people from Canada that like came and like checked out the place and stuff but like the visa was always like the thing that stopped everybody um, yeah but yeah i don't i don't know enough about what that looks like of course you know immigrating to america i just know that it's really freaking hard because when we looked at like um my partner potentially immigrating then it was which yeah it was we were just like this is way too hard basket <laughs> yeah well hey before we get into your immigration experience to new zealand kind of what a talk about the acculturalization from going from Georgia to New York was there like what were the biggest shocks at that point oh man that's it was it was it was really interesting one because it's like I remember like when I first got there and like got off Penn Station like or got off the train at Penn Station like you know obviously like I'm in I'm surrounded by more people than I've ever been around before in my life like it's, you know, like these buildings that are bigger than anything that I've ever like been around as well. Cause yeah, we don't really like, there's nothing really like that in Georgia that I'd spend much time in, but it's funny, like how fast I kind of fell into a routine there. Like within probably like two weeks, I, yeah, I, I had a good, like I mental map in my head of like what the subway was like. I kind of knew where I needed to go to get to places and like, you know, meet people and do auditions and stuff. And, um, and I think that this was actually a, a personality thing, but like New York City, like I guess kind of the person, if, if you want to say like the personality, that place really clicked with mine. Like I, like I have to be honest with myself, like I have a very intense personality. Like I'm very much like, I like to be, you know, go, go, go. I like the hustle lifestyle. I like, you know, being really engaged with a lot of stuff all the time. It's like, that's where I thrive in and that's where I feel the most comfortable and at home. It's like, I love my rural stuff. Like, I love my, like, you know, being able to get off the grid or, like, you know, out in the, like, rural spaces, whatever, for, like, kind of those reprieves and stuff. And it's like, I get bored quickly. So, 
for me, I actually adjusted to the culture and like just kind of the energy of New York really, really fast. And, and I fell in love with it. And it's funny, but it's like, you know, it was a love-hate relationship. Like, I mean, you know, New York can be the greatest place ever, but it can also absolutely kick your ass if you if you let it. Um, like, I, I had a few friends that maybe, that had, you know, came to New York and, um, you know, just one night out with too many drinks and, you know, they, they're waking up on Fifth Avenue with their wallet and phone and everything gone and, you know, they have no idea what happened. And, you know, it's just like, oh, I guess I need to go home and just figure my life out again. Um, yeah. You know, it's just stuff like that'll happen. But like, but yeah, I, I adjusted to it really quick. And it's like, it's funny, the older I get, like the more I actually want to, I guess, like live in a type of city like that again, where there's, there's just like kind of that fast pace and just the opportunity everywhere. Cause I just love that. But yeah. And now you're in New Zealand where even in the bigger cities, the lifestyle is still more laid back, right? Yeah. Um, do you feel like there are more similarities between New Zealand and Georgia or New Zealand and New York? Or is this like all three just have nothing to do with each other? How, or how would you describe describe it? Uh, that's that's a good question. I guess that like, I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there's nothing on New York. It's like the biggest city in New Zealand is Auckland. And I mean, it's it's a beautiful city. Like it is really cool. Like there's a lot of, you know, great places to eat and stuff to do there. But I mean, it's, it's just nothing on par with New York at all. Um, still a lot, lot slower pace compared to that. But, you know, you're comparing to like, you know, one of the most intense cities in the world. Um, prob there's probably more similarities between New Zealand and Georgia because New Zealand does have a lot of like just rural space and areas. Like the place where my partner's from is this little town called Greymouth on the West coast of the South Island. And like that, that town reminds me a lot of Georgia where it's like, there's not really much to do. So it's like, people just tend to just, you know, like drink a lot, um, go hunting a lot. Um, you know, like just do like, just basically like red, like their version of redneck shit. Um, the stuff yeah. that like, you know, I used to do growing up, um, you know, they'll like find random stuff that they could like blow up and stuff on the beach or whatever like that. And, you know, just yeah, just basically just be, be redneck. Is there a term for New Zealand rednecks? Like, is there a different word for it that you got there? Or... Yes, it's called bogan. So well, it's living in Australia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So in Australia, New Zealand, it's like, yeah, bogan's the same thing. It's like bogan is basically their version of a redneck. So it's like that's that's a common thing here. How would you compare uh, bogans to Georgian rednecks? So New Zealand bogans <laughs> and, and Georgian rednecks. How would you compare to? Probably the only difference is down here. It's like they drive like like shitty Subarus and Skylines, and in Georgia, it's all like just jacked up pickup trucks. So that that's probably the <laughs> biggest difference. Aside from that, like really similar, like really really similar. Interesting. Um. <laughs> And where do you kind of fit in in New Zealand? Do you feel like you fit in with a certain group there or do you feel like a complete outsider? Oh, man. It's it's funny because, like, since I'm, I've been here, like, I mean, like, I, I've definitely changed and grow, grown a lot since I've been here. I mean, it's been, I came over into New Zealand in 2016. Um, and I guess my, like, my journey of how I got here, I'll, yeah, I guess I'll share, share a little bit of that. So um, this would have probably been, like, like a year or two after uh, I met you, actually, after you'd left New York, um, I basically just 
got into a bit of a dark place there where I was I was drinking way too much. I was partying way too hard, and um, I was just like, I need to get out of here. Well, this place is like just doing just bad things to me. I just wasn't happy with the way that I was kind of growing and my mindset and everything was just bad. So um, I kind of ended up like playing around and getting a job on a cruise ship in Hawaii. Um, I figured that a cruise ship was probably like my best option to get out and actually travel more because I wanted to travel. That was my big thing. You know, that was one of the main reasons why I um, actually pursued acting in the first place because I was like, hey, this will actually provide enough you know, enough income for me if I can nail this that I can actually travel a lot more, and that'll be awesome. So I looked at the ship idea, and I was just like, that's probably a good way for me to get paid and travel at the same time. And I landed this job as a waiter on one in Hawaii, and I was just like, all right, sweet. I'm going to go live in Hawaii for a while. And um, went there and did that, and that um, was a five-month contract on the ship. And then after that, I came went to uh, to Thailand on a one-way ticket. Um, you know, I was like, all right, I've got some money now. I've got to do this traveling thing. And um, when I was in Thailand, that was where I met my partner, actually, and she's a Kiwi. So that's how I ended up here. Um, we, yeah, kind of met her. We traveled together for like three weeks. Just for, for English learners, if any English learners are listening to this, Kiwi is someone from New Zealand. <laughs> oh, yeah. So yeah. People are like, well, you're dating a Kiwi? <laughs> Yeah, cl- cl- yeah, good to clarify that. So the other day I said, like, yeah, I'm going to go I'm gonna go snack on a kiwi. And people were like, like, the, the fruit, like, shit. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess I just, if your partner's a kiwi, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, so good, man. But, but yeah, I, um, when I was over there, then I spent another month in Nepal and some more time traveling Thailand. And um, we gave the long distance thing a shot. And so I moved over here in 2016 to join her and... I'm sure we'll get into more of the logistics of the immigration later, but um, uh, but yeah, like when I got over here, I was still very much in like the party scene and stuff like that. And New Zealand has a really big drinking culture, um, like especially like the universities, like Dunedin, um, Otago University, very very big party and drinking culture, um, but yeah, that, so I really kind of moved into that it very easily when I got here because I love to drink, I love to party. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like this is I found my people. Um, so, but then it's like, you know, I kind of got to a point where we started to like kind of move out of that and stuff. And I guess transition into more of a, um, I guess kind of like a young professional space and started getting a bit more ambitious with like our goals and a lot of stuff we wanted to achieve in life. And, um, and that was where I actually started to, I guess, um, I guess get a bit of a disconnect. Like I, I find that I fit in a lot with like now anyways, I fit in a lot with, um, basically just people just like the like kind of the more ambitious folks um in new zealand which a lot of those do tend to be uh be immigrants i see like a lot of people from like south africa the uk america um canada and people that are just like just a bit more ambitious um and you know it's i, I think that's you know I, i'm not sure I'd, like of course like there are a lot of people here that are quite ambitious i mean you look at like you know like the the rugby team the all blacks here so like that's you know the most successful like sports team in history or something like that i think like you know a lot of really like you know big like ambitious stuff like comes out of new zealand for sure um it's just like i guess like kind of like overall like that's something that like i've i've kind of struggled to connect with quite a bit in the society here i know what you mean because i i've had this a similar experience here in spain and we actually talk i talked about that with uh, my friend ruben uh, on the podcast yesterday um and we were talking about his experience in england and then my experience in canada 
how they're the dream for many people is to become an entrepreneur or to just have your own business and everyone is focused on that whereas here in spain the dream is to be a government employee and well they call it funcionario here right because you get a very comfortable lifestyle you don't have to work very long hours it's really difficult to get fired and that's kind of the goal here uh so in new zealand since you're saying like it feels like people aren't as driven for these entrepreneurial things as well and you have this kind of more laid-back lifestyle are the people there then um trying to become government employees is that kind of the goal or is it just to have like a cushy corporate job or what's kind of the goal there that's, oh that's so interesting i really want to ask more about that that difference with with canada and spain but i'll, I'll hold that but um i think that like so in New Zealand, like labor laws are very, very much on the side of the employee. Um, like it is quite difficult to get fired in New Zealand, um, for being perfectly honest. Because um, I've been like, you know, in employment positions, management positions. Um, and it's, yeah, like if, if you have someone like that you, you want to move out, like it is a very difficult, lengthy process to make that happen. Um, and it, ta it takes a lot of time, a lot of headspace. It's not like back in, you know, the States or um, maybe Canada to some degree where it's like if someone's gone, like, you know, like not good for the team or a good fit for the culture or, you know, just not performing, it's like they can be gone, which, you know, that can be, that can be both good and bad, like really bad if you have a crappy manager or boss, right? Um, but good if like you do have somebody that's like, you know, negatively impacting the whole team, for example. Um so, like, in New Zealand, I think, like, kind of the big goal is to either, like, have, like, just kind of a comfortable job like that and something where they can, like, they could just basically, like, live, be comfortable, buy a house and, like, do the occasional, like, um, like trip for, like, two or three or four weeks uh, a year. So, one thing in New Zealand is, like, they're, they're really, like, travel's a really big value here. And that's something that I connected with right off the bat when I got here. I still connect with a lot. Um... Like in New Zealand, you get, um, I believe it's four week, four weeks of leave each year, and it accumulates too. So it's like if you don't take any one year, then the next year you'll have eight weeks. Um, so you know, if you just want to stack all that up, you know, you can just be like, all right, hey, I'm. Of course, if you can get it approved, you can, you know, take like two months off then, and you know, go do a, like a big trip around Asia or something like that if you want. Um, yeah, I think I think the Canadians and Americans listening right now are like, oh, lucky, lucky bastards. <laughs> the Europeans are like, well, yeah, <laughs> it's the same in Europe or similar. Yeah, it's it's similar. It depends from country to country, but um, four weeks seems pretty standard from what I've heard. And then in Canada, I think it's two weeks, and America too, right? I, I think I think so. I think it's it's two weeks in America. Um, but then it's like, yeah, like you get like, um, I, I can't remember how many months it is for like, uh, like maternity leave. Um, you get a lot of time for like, uh, pater paternity leave as well. Uh, if you want to have kids. So it's like, there's a lot of like, there, there's a lot of really awesome, like stuff like that. So you being an employee, it's a good spot to be in. Um, I remember when I first came here, like, you know, like you just said to the Americans and Canadians listening, like I was blown away by that. Like I couldn't get my head around it. Um, yeah, I was just like, how does, how does anything get done? Like, how does like. You know, when people have this much leave, they can take. Um, but, you know, but here, like, people do tend to want to get into a space like that where um, they can just have a comfortable job, comfortable life, um, buy a house and start and start a family and do those those kind of odd trips in there. Um, 
and or if they do want to go more the entrepreneurial route, it's more of the small business um, owner type thing. Like I'm not sure if you've ever read um, like Rich Dad Poor Dad or Cash Flow Quadrants or anything like that by Robert Kiyosaki, but um, a lot a lot of like the businesses here are small businesses, so it's like it'll be like a mom and pop store like type situation. Um, which, you know, it can be great, but it's like they don't really, there's not really that ambition to like scale that, you know, to like make it like bigger, open up more locations. Like that's not something you see um, as often here. But yeah. the big one that this all kind of like ties into is buying a house. Um, buying a house is like the pinnacle of like success in like the culture here. Um, and it's it's something that we've seen that's been really interesting over the last few years. Um like the housing market here has just gone absolutely like ridiculous since COVID happened. Um, in December last year, actually, the average house price in New Zealand was over a million dollars. Now, think about that for a second. Like the entire country, the average cost of a house was like was over a million dollars. You know, it, it's gone down since then, but still, like you had people that were just like, I mean, leveraging themselves up to their eyeballs to buy to get into any house they could. And, yeah. you know, then it's like interest rates were really low at the time. And, of course, interest rates going up now. So it's like that's not really, you know, great for a lot of people. But, you know, it was still it's just because that's just such a big value here and like just such a big, like, I guess, symbol of success. Um, yeah. So that that's one thing that's quite a big difference. Um, and you already touched on it. It's like in, you know, like it sounds like in, um, yeah, like UK, uh, Canada and stuff. It's like entrepreneurship is kind of a big thing. Like, yeah, buying a house is a big one here. Uh, that's interesting too. I want to get into the, the housing market because in Vancouver, uh, Canada, it's also, I forget what the median house price is, but I think it's over a million. Um, and definitely not in all of Canada. I mean, Canada's so big. You have some of those rural areas where it's, it's cheaper. Um, but all over British Columbia, like I know many areas where it's, yeah, it's close to a million or you're spending spending several hundred thousand dollars on a pretty small place right yeah um and at this point i don't know if it's like the pinnacle of success because a lot of millennials or people our age are just at this realization where it's like i'm never going to be able to afford a house here i'm just going to rent for the rest of my life do people have that mindset to in New Zealand or is it still like no no this is possible this is happening I'm getting a house um yeah they're they're very much on the uh the the part of that where they're determined to make it happen um okay and it's I mean like the people make it happen like they'll like sometimes they'll like go in with family members like a brother or something and buy a house or they'll even borrow for mom and dad um just to make up that deposit because it's like um I'm not sure what it is now. I think at one point it was like a, um, you still have like a 20% uh, deposit, um, which, you know, when you're buying a, you know, an $800,000 house, that's, you know, still a pretty significant chunk, right? Yeah. Um, but people were still man still making it happen. I mean, like, yeah, like, I don't, I don't think anybody really accepts the idea of like, I'm just going to rent forever. Um, like, yeah, even we, we almost kind of fell into that towards the end of uh, 2020. I'm, in hindsight, I'm really glad that we didn't. Um, it just wouldn't have been the right choice for us, but like, it's, yeah, it's something people are pretty, pretty set on here. So what do you want to do now? Do you, do you want to buy a house eventually in New Zealand and settle down there? Or do you want to get back to America or just keep traveling or go back and forth? Oh man, I think that 
So right now, the, I guess the kind of the goal for us is to work, working to get into a place where we have kind of more of the financial independence where we can have more options to spend like a bit more time in both places. Because like the last couple of years, um, you know, especially with like COVID and like the lockdowns and, and everything like that, it's been, you know, like I haven't been able to get home and see my family or friends or anything since 2018, you know? And so I, that's kind of really, I guess, highlighted to me just how like much I at least need an option to be closer so for us, you know, we'll we'll eventually buy something buy here. Um, you know, it'll be it'll be something we won't compromise on. Like it'll be like a proper dream home. So it's like we'll delay gratification as long as we need to for that. Um, but then from there, the next step will be buying a place in America as well, and then like just kind of splitting time between the two. And this is one of the reasons why it's like you know, like I'm I'm really interested in like multiple income streams and and learning like just really like high value skill sets. So like you know, this is kind of like I guess my focus for the last handful of years and for the next like at least like five years i would say is just kind of mastering things that'll put us in a position where we can have that kind of lifestyle um because you know new zealand's freaking awesome like it's an absolutely wonderful place but and i don't know if you've experienced this um yourself or not but it's like man sometimes you just want to just be able to just you know be home and just around the things that are familiar to you right definitely let's get into some more of the details about that so most of these episodes, I'm sticking to half an hour, but I feel like we just got started. <laughs> um, so I know, do this. This is going to be the first episode with Hassan, uh, with Wal Walden. So how is it Hassan? Because one of my buddies is Hassan with Walden. Uh, <laughs> um, so we're going to end this here. This is withoutborders.fyi. You can find it. Um, you can find it on www.withoutborders.fyi. Remember, if you are an English learner, you can get the transcripts and language notes. And tune in next week to get the other half of this episode because we're just going to continue right now. I'm just going to release it later. <laughs>